welcome once again to Superhero Stuff You Should Know, Halloween Week, Halloween Edition. It is I, the Ben Knight, and here are my usual co-hosts. It's it me, your doddering old Uncle Joker. He's back again to talk about Arkham's Asylums. <laughs> and as always is Mr. Balsack McGee himself. <laughs> Andrew Tavius. Andrew Tavius Balsack McGee at your service, everybody. My <laughs> having some real crazy mic issues today, so that's why I sound like this. But anyway, ready to get started and rank these things. Yes. I before when we whenever we uh, were planning this, I was like, is it gonna be enough for an hour? And then Zach was like, Oh, when you, you talking, yeah, it's gonna be enough. We're gonna fill <laughs> so <laughs> So I guess it'll be enough. Yes, yes, so we'll see. So, as you guys <laughs> might have seen, not only is the week of Halloween, we're continuing the theme that Zach set for us this month, which was Arkham. So, we decided to rank all of the Arkham Asylums in live action and uh, take a page from Andrew's episode of ranking the different Superman video games Woo! by doing ranking videos of all sorts of stuff Ooh. from the Batman universe. Uh, we already did one on our $10 Patreon where we ranked uh, each of the live-action Batman as fighters, so check that out if you're part of the $10 tier or if you want to join the $10 tier. But uh, today we decided to rank something that I don't think there's a lot of different uh, videos at all on YouTube for, which is ranking the different Arkham Asylums in live-action. We've seen several different versions. In fact, probably more than what you would originally think on here. So, uh, like before, we are going to take on the same tiers that Andrew started and set the precedent for, which is uh, S tier being the very top, then A, B, C, D, E, you know, <laughs> something also that's uh, different from what we're used to in uh, school, and then F for, like, the very bottom. I don't know if there's going to be any Arkham's that get an F, but uh, we'll see what uh, the whole panel says on this. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, man. Titans is on this list, so. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have nine different Arkham Asylums to talk about in live action, which again seems a lot more than what you would think uh, on this one. And we're actually going to go in reverse chronological order here uh, because... We just want to spice things up, and because we felt like that was probably best given uh, our own opinions on the best Arkham Asylums on Earth. So mm -hmm. uh, we will uh, start off soon on this, but um, I would say that Arkham, you, it's almost surprising just uh, how many there are and also how little there were because... We, I think the biggest missed opportunity is the fact that we didn't get one from Tim Burton. In, yes. the, uh, in the movies and stuff, even though Arkham had already been established at that point uh, on it. But uh, I would say the one that we got here on the thumbnail that Zach helped Ooh. us put together is probably very close to what it could have looked like. This is concept art, I believe, from Barbara Ling, who was the production mm -hmm. designer on uh, Batman Forever and Batman and, and Robin. So uh, this is also represented well in the comic book adaptation of Batman Forever in the very first panel. Uh, right down to like these, <laughs> these like demonic heads on the side yes. here on that. A so. place Badass. of healing, Ben. A place <laughs> of healing. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, this is a very much. That's a devil. That's a devil. <laughs> so. Uh, some of these projects are meant to be in the same world or continuity. However, I separated them if there was a different vision or director. So Joel Schumacher's Arkham will be us grading it based off of the one in both Batman Forever and Batman and Robin since he did both. 
but Suicide Squad and Zack Snyder's Justice League's Arkham were done separately with different directors mm-hmm. like David Ayer and Zack Snyder. So I put them as separate. And then for TV continuities, I just put them all in the same thing because even though some of them changed, the sometimes it was just literally like one shot of Arkham that I just didn't think <laughs> it would have enough to, to rank off of. So I'm going by continuities when it comes to TV. Um, in terms of ranking criteria, I feel like you should we're going to be ranking these based off of which ones you feel best convey the Arkham you imagine from the No, how badass they are. And how badass they look. (laughs) How badass they look. Yeah, that's it. This one Uh, wins already. Yes. (laughs) S tier right here. Everything is spiky. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go in reverse chronological order, as I said, just to spice things up, starting with our first candidate, Arkham State Hospital from Joker 2019. Technically, the latest version of Arkham since Zack Snyder's Justice League, even though it wasn't Mm -hmm. released until 2021, that was shot in 2016, and the TV versions we're going into all debuted their Arkhams before the release of this film. So this is technically the latest interpretation of Arkham Asylum, at least until we might see the Matt Reeves version, if we do see one, in uh, The Batman. Mm. Set during a time where Bruce Wayne is young and his parents are still alive, Arkham State Hospital is designed by production designer Mark Friedberg, and it is the real-life building of the Brooklyn Army Terminal in Sunset Park of Brooklyn in New York City. So this is a real building that they just put Arkham State Hospital on, probably using some form of CG, because I doubt they carved those letters in uh, in real life uh, on that. So uh, one thing to point out is something that I think Zach has said in the Arkham episode that he did, which is that this is probably the one that most resembles the original Arkham Hospital from Batman 258 in the original appearance, right down to the name Arkham Hospital, uh, as well as the fact that it looks relatively like a regular building. Yeah, unassuming. Yeah, very not at all the uh, haunted house with the spiked demon heads that we saw in the, <laughs> well, in the thumbnail. Ben, do you think that Gotham is in Arkham State? Because this is Arkham State Hospital. So what is that Ooh. saying? Is that saying that Gotham City, the state that Gotham City resides in is Arkham? I don't know. Is this like a fictional state? That was something I was thinking about. That's a good question. On that. I, I think don't maybe know. it's uh, maybe it's just it's a state hospital, but the Arkham is the, still the family name. I hadn't thought about that before. Possibly. I think that's probably it, Ben. Yeah. I mean, that's how I interpreted it anyway. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The state of Arkham, the 51st state <laughs> in the United States and with the I worst like crime ever. Yes. Uh, right, so we do see... <laughs> Roll uh, up your windows when you drive <laughs> through there. <laughs> Arkham State Hospital is mainly featured in the scene where Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur Fleck tries to collect the file on his mother and ends up stealing it. It also seems to be at the end where Arthur is revealed to be in a mental hospital. However, the hallways look very different. Uh, Much cleaner. Yeah, in the previous scene where he steals it, it seems like the walls are like this yellowish-brownish color, very dirty and stuff, whereas the final scene, they're all pretty much white and very sparse and stuff. But it could just be a different section of the hospital. Yeah. Uh, so that is where it's mostly used. I will also go into the different interpretations of the inmates and the staff members. So Ooh. in Joker, the inmates are uh, Penny Fleck, uh, the young version of his mother, as we saw in this flashback, as well as potentially Arthur himself. Arthur himself at the end, after he becomes the Joker, depending on your interpretation of the meaning of the ending and how much of the movie was real or not. But mm-hmm. assuming that everything is real, he seems to be in some sort of mental hospital at the end. We're assuming is Arkham. 
Um, in terms of staff members, this is interesting that we found, but the staff member interviewing Penny Fleck is a Dr. Benjamin Stoner. Uh, Benjamin Ooh. Stoner is a comic book character who specifically becomes the villain anti-fate in the comics. What? Yep. Interesting. So, Did not know that was an Easter egg, this guy right here. has a cameo in Joker 2019 of all, of all the people <laughs> to put in that uh, very wow. hyper-realistic yeah. 1970s-inspired um, movie. But uh, that's deep, deep cup, cut that they put in. So wait, he's against Dr. Fate? He's against Dr. Fate, yeah. Wow. He's anti-fate. <laughs> yeah, but okay. he was an Arkham Asylum doctor in the comics, so that's probably why they drew Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so... Uh, that is cool. So that is the uh, the Arkham version of, uh, I mean, the Joker version of Arkham, I should say. Uh, so let's go a little bit into the rankings. I would say, um, here's what we'll do. I'll I'll start, then Andrew, and then Zach as our as our resident Arkham expert will go last uh, on it. But uh, let's go then into the different verdicts. So uh, I personally think this one almost kind of has an excuse, which is that it's set during the time before Batman's even showed up. So, yes, it does seem like it's the most boring version of Arkham, but it's also supposed to be. Like, it's meant to take place when Bruce is still a kid. It's meant to be in this realistic world from 1981. So... I'm going to be a little lenient on this one. If this is if this is like the Arkham from the Batman or something, then I would be a lot harsher. But because it's supposed to be way beforehand, it's like right bef- right around the time where Joker, I guess, presumably leads Gotham into becoming even more of a crazy shithole than it already was. Um, I'm going to be a little lenient. I'll give this one a C. There's potential for it to turn into a bit more of an Arkham that we know and love, but we haven't really seen it yet. It's somewhat generic, but it has some potential to it. But since that potential hasn't been realized, I'll just go right in the middle with an average of C. Andrew, what do you think? It's not badass enough, Ben. <laughs> I need some demon heads on that thing or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, okay. Well, seriously, though, folks, uh, I think uh, it's um, in the joke from the Joker's perspective in this movie, mm-hmm. he's everything is. Well, how do I say this? It's been a while since I've seen it, but the it's just so drab and sterile. And right. that's mm-hmm. definitely the point and obviously very realistic interpretation. So if we're going by badassness, it's an F. But if we're going by uh, how well it fits into its own movie, how well it answer, it meets its own goals, it's probably an A then, really. Mm. So, uh, you know... I'm betwixt on this one. I'll go B, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Zach? I think I'm going to go B as well, because I think you have to look at it within the context of its own film, and Mm -hmm. this is set in, like, a pretty, you know, standard reality. And, of course, like, in reality, if this was a place where you were trying to help people with, you know, like, mental issues, we probably wouldn't want, like, demonic heads on everything and <laughs> bars and like spikes on stuff even though that looks cool like we like the gothic look yeah i just think that it's it does look still unpleasant on the inside like mm-hmm. it's very yellow it's just kind of like drab and dirty and mm-hmm. i feel like that it it fits within that gotham that's also still very dirty this is like a dirty place even in a place where they're trying to help people it still looks like it's not being taken care of and I think what you were saying with the uh, 
at the end where the walls are super white, mm-hmm. I kind of think that's supposed to symbolize the fact that he is like at a higher state of mm. not at a higher state of being, mm. but in a his a higher state of mood. Sure. Like yeah. he's if you see him before, even in these flashbacks where it looks like Arthur was possibly already a patient at Arkham. Like mm-hmm. it's like he has these little like moments where she's like, Why are you here? And he like just mm-hmm. sees him like hit you know, bashing his head against the door. Yeah. Like he might have already been there. Yeah, everything seems really dark. It's very yellow. These are like unpleasant uh colors. But then at the at the end, after he is uh, you know, ascended to being the Joker and there is no one else, mm-hmm. it's like he is truly happy with who he is and like everything just seems like there's sun shining through the windows it's bright it's yeah. just like this upbeat moment even That's though he is he's definitely yeah it's it's implied that he's just killed the woman he was talking to but he is just in a a different headspace and i think mm-hmm. that's supposed to uh symbolize that so yeah i'm gonna give it a b because yeah it's not like my favorite arkham ever it's not what i would want to see if i was trying to imagine my perfect version of it from the comics but i think it's mm-hmm. certainly fits within the story and the you know the the tone of the film yeah all right well then that averages to a b so joker gets a b as the first arkham that's uh, brought up here you think it's supposed to invoke heaven to those white walls his or own personal heaven something i don't know yeah now when i'll like see those pictures heaven. again yeah, yeah he's just, maybe he's elated at that point it's like he's he's Let's there's take a look i mean for him it's like he's he's free he's like, like i'm not you know held back anymore so i guess it's kind mm-hmm. of his own personal heaven per se yeah it's like got the light at the end of the tunnel in the shot yeah. kind of thing too mm-hmm. i don't know uh that's true and it seems to get brighter that's a good point as we get yeah. further yeah yeah it's a good point that's definitely a good point zach all right so joker gets a b let's move on to the one uh before that which was the one from the arrowverse Arkham Asylum for the Criminally Insane, as it's called. First seen in the crossover Elseworlds before it showed up in the Batwoman TV show. Uh, In the Elseworlds episode, the production designer was Richard uh, Hudelin, I believe is the pronunciation. Uh, And the patients there were given the sort of red jumpsuit outfits that you kind of saw in Batman Begins. Batman Begins, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So uh, in the Elseworlds crossover, Oliver Queen walks through a hallway with the patients indicated on the doors to be the following list. O. Cobblepot, the Penguin. P. Isley, Poison Ivy, who will be in Batwoman Season 3. B. Carlo, Clayface. Uh, S. Kyle, Catwoman, even though I don't think Catwoman should be in Arkham, but no. okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> e. Nigma, Riddler, and M. Guggenheim, in joke for the most evil of them all, Mark Guggenheim, the showrunner for a lot of these Arrowverse shows. Oh, that's so, pretty funny, though. That's he put good. himself yeah. in there. Let's, um, have that. Let's have some fun, guys. Yeah. Ber- is Berlanti in there, too? Uh, we did not see that. It was just M. Guggenheim. Okay. And I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, so that's, that's what we got for that. But we did actually get to meet a couple of the inmates, as well as uh, different... I guess different products, or di- I mean not products, but different gadgets from different people, uh, including Bane. Uh, but we did get to meet Roger Hayden, a.k.a. the Psycho Pirate, uh, a major character in the Crisis yeah. on Infinite Earths comic, but did not show up in the CW <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths for other reasons, but oh well. Um, <laughs> and then the right. other is actually Nora Freeze, who we see on the right here for the, vi- for the YouTube visuals. Nora hmm. Freeze, uh, who seems to take her husband's gimmick of using a freeze gun and has her own confrontation against Killer Frost of uh, Freeze versus Frost, I guess you could say. 
uh, Norfreeze herself becomes the uh, villain Lazara in the comics, uh, who has yeah. almost the opposite of powers with uh, like fire or uh, lava type stuff. So that's interesting. Uh, also, Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow, is hinted at when his fear gas hits both the Flash and Green Arrow in the crossover, and they end up hallucinating their greatest fears. So hmm. uh, they are represented. The Elseworld crossover also introduced the main staff member, Dr. John Deegan, played by Jeremy Davies, who is a version of Dr. John D, a.k.a. Dr. Destiny. He, of course, ends up getting locked hmm. up at the end and becomes an inmate, which continues the tradition of <laughs> Arkham administrators becoming That's inmates. Right. Um, funny enough, Jeremy Davies also played the character of Richie Simpson in the TV show Constantine, as well as voice Richie in Justice League Dark, which Andrew and I went over in the Patreon. And hmm. in Justice League Dark, Richie gets taken over by Destiny, <laughs> the new 52 version of Dr. Destiny. So Jeremy Davies, I guess, is the man to get if you want Dr. Destiny. Uh, so that was in the Elseworlds version. And then uh, Batwoman sort of spun off from that Elseworlds. So the Batwoman version uh, sort of has, let's see, uh, the production designer changed to Ian Thomas and uh, they needed a real life location. So the real life location is Crease Clinic in Riverview Hospital uh, over in British Columbia. So we're over in Canada uh, for this one. This version of Arkham continued, uh, that continued with Batwoman has Maxi Zeus in it because he's mentioned in a newspaper as being an inmate, and Tommy Elliot, who gets captured by Batwoman herself and is sent to Arkham before he ends up turning into Hush when he's there. Then the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover happened where everything changed in all the different Earths, so Arkham kind of changed a little slightly. As you can see, the, the building and the visuals that we have here looks a little taller, a little different from the one that we kind of saw in the uh, previous one, yeah. but I mean, it was so far off that like they kind of got away with it, I would say. Uh, on it so this Arkham has a whole variety of different inmates as part of them so as we can see here Tommy Elliot became Hush so this is their version of Hush with the bandages and the coat in the background uh, the major villain of Batwoman uh, Alice is there as well as her associate Mouse uh, who's on the right here and he's kind of their version of Jane Doe from the comics where they're mm -hmm. taking off people's faces and pretending to be them uh, additional patients were Tim Teslow, the Titan, who's an original villain. Uh, Magpie was part of it. Uh, mm -hmm. Duella Dent was in there, known as the Joker's daughter, but uh, in the show she's called the Serial Slasher. Uh, Nocturna, the vampire-type uh, supervillain, is in there as well. So these are all like deep-divey Batman villains they put in there, but they have some of the more famous ones. I think uh, it's Dula, then. Dula? I thought it was Dula. Dula Dent. Uh. It's kind of like dual, like because uh, it's supposed to be so. what, like Harvey Dent, or isn't that really like his daughter uh, or something like, a, like that? Dual, like two. Yeah, yeah. I so see. -E I didn't -E want anybody to get you in the comments. <laughs> Duella, Duella Creville. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. It also had Cersei Sionis, uh, who is actually in this continuity the daughter of Roman Sionis, and her death mm. in Arkham turns her father into Black Mask. And Black Mask becomes the villain of season two of Batwoman until he's locked up at the end of season two with the mask attached to his face permanently. Uh, mm. Joker, whose real name is said to be Jack Napier in the Arrowverse, just like in the Burtonverse. Uh, Joker is believed to be locked up in Arkham, uh, but is revealed to have been possibly killed by Batman, according to Luke Fox. So who knows what the hell's going on there? Um, <laughs> Lastly, in terms of staff members, the main one we meet is Dr. Butler, but he is killed and his face is removed so that Mouse can take over his disguise, which 
is similar to Arkham Asylum Living Hell, which is what Jane Doe did to Dr. Carver, as Zach covered mm -hmm. last time. So anyway, this is the CW version of the Arrowverse. Lots of different inmates, some of whom we end up meeting, but many of them are sort of obscure Batman characters. If we were to sort of sum up this version of Arkham Asylum, we spend a fair amount of time in it. And um, for me personally, I think this one's okay for a CW budget. It's a little closer to the comic book one uh, compared to the version that we saw in Joker. Uh, yeah. So I think there's also a level of different expectations when it's a CW show. So you're not really expecting a ton of crazy shit in there uh, or like a complete representation of the Arkham from the video games uh, mm -hmm. and that type of thing. So uh, for what it is, I, you know, it's not particularly memorable, but it fulfills its purpose. So I'll just, I'll give it a B. That's my ranking for this version. Andrew, what do you think? Mm, it's like two and one basically right for this one kind of i mean it sort of changed a little bit but like there wasn't really enough contradiction for me to treat them as two different it's ones supposed to be in the same universe so. yeah you get a grade on a curve too because it's for tv the budget's just not the same mm -hmm. um so they just get a real life location like that one in um what was it british columbia yeah mm -hmm. uh i don't know man i <sighs> I, my gut says D. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's <that> fine. <laughs> They're fine. It seems fine. I don't know. Hmm. All, all right. right. I, I'm going to give it a C. I actually like all the nods to the different characters, but I'm going to mm -hmm. take away points because they put Penguin and Catwoman <laughs> in there. Yeah. That's yeah. dumb. They don't belong in Arkham. Uh, but yeah, I do think it's cool that they like had all the nods to the different comic book characters. Some of them more obscure, and mm -hmm. I do like that it looks kind of the outside does have a a, a, a slightly gothic appearance, and mm -hmm. the un, inside looks pretty dirty and everything like that. So, sure, it, it looks pretty cool. I think we are going to talk about another television version that I think is better. So I, I'm going to give it a C. All right. Uh, so we'll put that there. I'm actually surprised this is lower than Joker's, but all right. So we got uh, the <laughs> Batwoman Arrowverse version at C and Joker at B. So this is interesting. The next one is another television one, which is Titans. So Titans did premiere their version of Arkham Asylum in a hallucination uh, at one point. So let's take a look at it there. Uh, in season one, in the finale, in the episode called Dick Grayson, uh, we saw Arkham Asylum, presumably where... Uh, the dream or nightmare version of Batman goes in and kills a whole bunch of inmates. Uh, mm -hmm. So the production designer on this was John uh, Dondretman. Um, and this is, yeah, as I said, it was basically seen for this hallucination. However, they need to show a real Arkham Asylum in season three when Dick visits Arkham to consult uh, the Scarecrow, who's kind of used as a Hannibal Lecter type character to uh, sort of help out at the gcpd so they actually changed locations i did not realize this until our research assistant dan uh let me know but this is a different building in season three that wow. i mean kind of looks somewhat similar uh on this until you take a look at the different um specifically different like sort of mini towers mm -hmm. that are there they're oh, farther right. apart in the new one and uh we finally did get to see the arkham gate in season three as opposed to uh, season one where it's just at the top of the building here. Starting to feel like the gate is as important as the building itself. Yeah. For our <laughs> Sometimes just too. set dressing so you don't have to go inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is Arkham. Yep. 
So uh, production designer in season three was Ian Brock, and the real building in season three is the... Uh, I'm going to fuck up this pronunci- pronunciation. Guilf? Uh, Gilf? Gulf? I don't know. G-U-E-L-P-H. Guilf? I don't know. It's a mm. correctional center. It's a real-life correctional center uh, in Ontario. I'm sure there's a bunch of Canadians who are going to be hounding me in terms of my pronunciation. Gilf, maybe? Maybe Gilf. Yeah. yeah, maybe Gilf uh on it but yeah this is what it is and uh that's the outside so let's take a look at the inside uh interior of the hallways season one it was shown in hallucinations so that's why you can't see shit uh on the one on the top left where it's just all dark uh mm-hmm. and stuff this is where uh basically trigon manipulated dick into seeing a version where riddler two-face and ventriloquist are all killed by that hallucinations version of batman in arkham and uh, let's see, in season three, we see the quote-unquote real version on the bottom right, for those who are looking at the visuals on the YouTube, uh, where things are a little bit better lit. You kind of got kind of the Garth- gothic architecture a little bit in there, uh, and you've got the cell at the end, which is where uh, we are introduced to Dr. Jonathan Crane, formerly known as the Scarecrow, who becomes the Hannibal Lecter-type consultant for the police uh, season three also reveals that there is a Lazarus pit underneath this version of Arkham, which Jonathan Crane conveniently uses to resurrect Jason Todd and turn him into the Red Hood. So uh, <laughs> this is uh, the Titans version of it. And uh, honestly, I find this one really dull, personally, yeah. um, especially from the outside. Part of it is, that, you know, I'm sure, you know, it makes kind of makes sense to find a, a regular like a real life correctional facility to film the exterior because of the fact that, you know, you're on a TV budget. So you kind of need a real life location as opposed to like mm-hmm. making a miniature, like I think they did for the Schumacher version uh, on that. But the problem is I think it just looks, I think the building looks boring on the outside. It kind of looks boring on the inside. Yellow jumps, yeah. Yellow jumps, jumpsuit basically just means it might as well be Blackgate prison. You know, it's like, it's, it just seems very, I feel like the best Arkham's are like ha- have a little bit more of a haunted mansion vibe versus a prison vibe. You kind of need to have mm. a good balance of both, as well as stuff you would expect in a mental hospital. So you kind of have to, or you're combining like three different types of visuals there, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be difficult. But here it's just like, eh, it's a prison, boom, the end. I'm like, eh, I don't know, it just looks dull to me. And also the fact that a Lazarus pit just happens to be planted under Arkham is ridiculous. So. I already have a lot against the show when it comes to the Batman characters, so this one gets a D for me. Andrew. Mm, F. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna be the bad cop on this one. (laughs) Uh, It's just because you got the Lazarus pit under this thing. I mean, it makes it it does make having the Lazarus pit there under a fucking hospital, (laughs) and the and the Doctor Crane is not like, hey, let's heal everybody, put him in the fucking Lazarus pit. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes him even more evil, unless uh, unless unless the Lazarus Pit does have the like bad side effects like it does in some runs, mm-hmm. you know, when it, when it heals somebody. Mm-hmm. So, but let's assume it just heals people for this one. So that makes Doctor Crane even worse <laughs> in this. Um, but yeah, it's a little too drab and prison looking. Although the one in Joker, I guess because that's the whole the whole theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have a Haunted Mansion vibe either, though. Yeah, but there's no, like, Trigon is not in the movie Joker. Oh, this I see. Is a, I see. This is a universe where comic book characters are pretty accurate and superpowers I see. exist. 
So it's just completely okay. I, I understand. Yeah, F. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna give it an F as well for that exact argument. This mm-hmm. is an this is a universe where like Raven exists and yeah. Starfire exists, and it's like this is the best you can. I know it's for TV. Mm-hmm. It's the best you can come up with, but still. There's another show we're going to talk about that I think Arkham looks better. And it's just like, in this world, this should be like super comic Mm booky to me. It should look like really dark and, you know, I would say much more like the, I guess like the Mercy Mansion version of Arkham where it looks like a Victorian, you know, mansion or something. It just, yeah, it just looks very plain and boring for a universe where all this fantastic stuff exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it gets an F plus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Scarecrow with a beard. Come on. <laughs> That's true. We can't he have has, a shorn. We have to has, have a shorn scarecrow. He has yes, yet to wear the mask in the show, at least as of this recording. Okay. Mm. All, right. All right. Well, anyway, that is not looking so good when it comes to TV versions of uh, Arkham on here. So. Uh, the next one, we got a couple movie versions, uh, of course, before we get to another TV Ooh. one, and that one is Zack Snyder's Justice League. We're going to go into Zack Snyder's version of Arkham, seen extremely briefly. Uh, nope, not you. Not uh, him. <laughs> not him. Uh, extremely briefly at the end of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Basically, just a little bit of the exterior uh, mm-hmm. and the little sign that says Arkham Home for the Emotionally Troubled, built in 1974. 74, of course, being the year that Arkham debuted in the comics. That's uh, right. And the and the revised name comes from The Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. from Frank Miller because, you know, that's Snyder's favorite Batman comic. So, of course, um, we only really got to see one part of it, which was this hallway here leading into Luthor's cell before he ended up switching himself out. Uh, the production designer on this was Patrick Totopoulos here. And, uh, yeah, there's not really a lot else we can go off of this. The main inmate from... Uh, this version, of course, is Lex Luthor. Again, I'm putting the Suicide Squad one separately because it looks very different uh, mm-hmm. on Aaron. It's a different director. Yeah, but there's yeah. very little to go off of here. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like if they expanded it, we could have seen a little more. You know, we we could have seen. Can you show the front again, Ben? The exterior <laughs> shot. If you can okay. see it, it's very dark. Um, it seems mm. very prisonish. You know, you've got this. You got these spotlights with the guards on the towers uh at this point you've got these like fences with uh you know it looks like barbed wire on different places so it doesn't look think like... arkham look like that in the exterior in uh in the dark knight returns i don't really remember much of there being if there an is an exterior there. shot yeah. but yeah. to me like if this is the home for the emotionally troubled this looks like <laughs> maximum security like prison outside like, if you said this was Blackgate, I would believe you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, that mm. is the Snyderverse version. Unfortunately, there's not much else I can go into it. Maybe if we had gotten the Batman with Batfleck, we could yeah. have seen more of this version. Or we would be ranking it completely differently since that would have been directed by Batfleck himself. But, anyway, uh, when it comes to this one, it's okay. I mean, this is, look, yeah. Snyder's great with the visuals, but here with Arkham... I don't think he really had a reason to necessarily go all out with the Victorian haunted mansion type of thing for something that was in like a minute of screen time uh, in it. So I do like a little bit of what we little of what we see of it, but I wish we gotten the big Arkham sign 
instead yeah. of the little one with the home of emotionally troubled. Yeah. Um, and then I wish it wasn't really so uh, prison looking on this. So mm, it's okay. So I would give this a C. Andrew. D. <laughs> no, so look at the, the, the Snyder fans are like, we thought you were on our side. You say you say it looks like a like a prison, but I think it's a a a little more uh, gothic looking than yeah a super industrial like, looking prison would look. So he gets mm-hmm. a little points for that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I'm not sure if a whole lot of money went to this also because. Because it had like what less than a minute of screen time, right? Yeah. So they just it just wasn't a priority for Snyder, and he got his little sign in there, this the the Frank Miller thing. So yeah, I'm talking myself into a C, I think. <laughs> Let's do I, C. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give it a C as well. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah, I think it's okay. I, I do like the exterior. I think I was just picking on it because it it does seem to contrast with the name, and maybe that's. On purpose, it's supposed to be kind of like funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's fine for what it is. You know, I think it's there's nothing I can really say about it because not much of it exists, mm-hmm. at least on screen, for us yeah. to really to really judge. Exactly. Are those guards posted there in the Dark Knight Returns comic? I don't think there's even much of an exterior in the comic. It's mainly in the in the comic. It's like mm-hmm. a bunch of doctors on staff and the patients and that's it. I don't think there's really, they really it really does seem yeah. more like a I guess like an, a, a more like a, a mental institution yeah. in in the Dark Knight Returns. Like there are just other patients there and they they're not like super criminals or anything like that. But I feel like the exterior in the Dark Knight Strikes Again, as bad as that comic is, looks very like gothic and like a tower Mm, or something okay. like that so if and that's in the same continuity so i don't know yeah who knows the guards yeah. posted up to also remind me of the game i think oh yeah that's kind of true i yeah. think maybe yeah. maybe that's a game influence i don't know yeah there <laughs> were guard towers within yeah. like the grounds of arkham asylum yeah. yeah all right well then Zack snyder's justice league gets a c uh so that's placing it right next to the arrowverse version uh, but we are not done with the DCEU. We are going to dive into the one from Suicide Squad, uh, at least the version yeah, that we know. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's take a look at the one from Suicide Squad uh, from David Ayer. Uh, oh, here we go. So here it is in its glory from uh, production designer Oliver Scholl. This is the first shot we got of Arkham and the DCEU from David Ayer, and it looks fantastic if you don't actually want to know what the hell it looks like. Uh, just completely dark <laughs> and stuff. This is after the neon sign that says Arkham. Uh, Flashes um, in the yeah. shot in it. Yeah. So I think this is a Brighton version of the shot. <laughs> okay, that's a little better. It's a little better uh, on it. So we now have the sign that says Arkham Asylum outside. Uh, we still have sort of these almost prison-like lights uh, on the outside uh, there, and uh, it looks a little bit more gothic than the other I'm version. A- I'm gonna guess, Ben, that this is all computer generated. Probably, There's no physical yeah. location. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the inside of it looks grimy and stuff, but we didn't really get to see much of it. We know that there is uh, electroshock therapy going on because that's what Joker uses on Harley. Uh, the main staff member, of course, is Harley and Quinzel, and uh, the pa- main patient we met was the Joker, as we see here in the straitjacket. Um, so 
This is on screen for about the same amount of time, if not slightly more, probably a little more than Snyder's actually, uh, maybe like one minute more. <laughs> so there's, again, not a lot to go off of on here. Um, however, if I were to put this in rankings, we see a little bit more of the standard Arkham imagery in this version than we did with Snyder's, uh, honestly. And it's, you know, it's appropriately grimy and dirty on the inside. And we do have a legit staff member from the comics. And, you know, they had to sort of do the Mad Love origin story. It's, you know, subjective of how well they did with the origin story. But you do have to say that they did it uh, in Arkham Asylum over here. So, again, there's not much to go off of. I do like that there's the Arkham sign out front and the rundown nature of the inside. So, mm -hmm. I feel like this is like a low B for me. Andrew? I was... Literally just thinking B2. I have not seen this movie since the theater. <laughs> I never wanted to see Same. it again. Don't see it again. Nope. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm glad we have the visuals here today. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, man, it, it looks cool. The super dark image was really dark, but <laughs> looks it looked kind of cool enough, I guess, for me. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it, so it's, a, it's a B. I, I don't know what else to say. I think it would have been better if the sign had stayed neon. Just flash back uh, and forth. That would have been interesting, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a B as well. Even though I don't like the movie, if I'm just judging it on its aesthetics purely, then it's pretty damn close to like the video game as far as like the texture and the look of the inside and you know the exterior. And I do like that Joker which I'm assuming all of the Arkham inmates are given sweatpants to say Arkham on the side. I think that's pretty cool. And he's, he's barefoot and wearing like a straight jacket. I mean, that's, I, I kind of like that. That seems like a pretty standard, uh, attire for mm -hmm. the inmates of Arkham. So, I mean, we do get to see a little bit more of it than you do in the Snyder cut or mm -hmm. in even their original justice league. So yep. yeah, I think, I think a B is, is pretty fair for it. All right. Suicide Squad gets a B, so and that's that's pretty damn good for that movie. That's the probably the highest, the highest grade it's ever received for anything. Release the air cut, y'all. Yep, maybe we would see more of Arkham. Maybe. Probably would. So just to recap, then we got Joker and Suicide Squad at B, the Arrowverse version, and Zack Snyder's Justice League version of Arkham at C, and then way down at the bottom at F is Titans. F plus, so, man. F plus, dude. F plus. <laughs> e minus. So that we will go into other versions, more fleshed out versions of Arkham after the break. Here at Chat of the Wild, our game club podcast, we have been using our lens of truth to do deep dives on the Legend of Zelda series, in order, covering one to two dungeons each episode. Our show also looks at Zelda-likes, such as Crusader of Senti, Golden Axe Warrior, and the bizarre journey of For the Frog the Bell Tolls. Join us right now as we play Ari and the Secret of Seasons, our first new release since Season 1, or check out our past seasons breaking down nearly 20 action-adventure titles. New episodes drop every Wednesday, here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Lord have mercy, y'all. Do you like hounds? Do you enjoy pooches? Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard, 
superhero stuff you should know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. And we are back, and Zach has flattened himself after being <laughs> tossed over by the Joker. <laughs> and Andrew is swimming, it looks like, in the, uh, in the water, moat around Arkham Asylum. That's right. But I'm a T-Rex I'm to, now. <laughs> I'm wrangling everyone back to the asylum as we talk about ranking the remaining Arkhams on television uh, and film. So just to recap, we are at uh, Titans is at an F. Zack Snyder's Justice League and the Arrowverse version are at C, and Suicide Squad and Joker are at B. Probably one of the probably the few uh, topics where Joker and Suicide Squad get ranked with the same grade. So, yeah. <laughs> moving on to the next is never thought uh, I'd see it. Yeah, this, I know. this metric we got going on. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go into the Arkham Asylum from the television show Gotham. This Arkham Asylum was featured in all five seasons of the show, set in the time right when Bruce's parents are killed and he undergoes training to become Batman, with the finale taking place in a time jump forward to Batman's debut in Gotham. It's probably had the longest screen time of Arkham Asylum than any other version, because uh, a lot of time was spent here on the villains, because mm-hmm. a lot of the villains were regular characters in the show. Uh, the production designer was Doug Craner. And the real building here is Bailey Seton Hospital Stapleton in Staten Island, New York. Production designer was Jonathan Crane. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the patient's uniforms here are kind of in the standard prison garb of black and white, funny enough, uh, on it. But uh, (laughs) there are a lot of different patients here with familiar names, one of whom is Barbara Keene, Jim Gordon's ex-fiancee turned mob boss turned anti-heroine. By the end, it was weird. Uh, she yeah. was meant to at one point be a future version of Magpie, but they decided not to do that. Uh, other inmates include <clears throat> Electrocutioner, Amygdala, Cornelius Sturk, Dumfrey Tweed, and Deaver Tweed, so Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Executioner, Jane Doe, Ephraim Snow, Daedalus Bach, aka Doodlebug, Erasmus Rain, aka Death Rattle. So clearly they like dug very deep into the mm-hmm. comics because a lot of these characters are just not super well known. Uh, we're going slightly into more well-known territory. We had Richard Sionis, presumably the father to Roman Sionis, the future Black Mask. Uh, Laszlo Valentin, a.k.a. Professor Pig. Uh, Oswald Cobblepot, the Penguin, when he claimed to be insane for uh, taking the fall on the death of Theo Gallivan. So there was a reason why he was in Arkham yes. uh, in this version. Uh, Edward Nigma, the Riddler. Uh, the trio who's on the uh, bottom right here for those who are watching the YouTube version. Uh, and the trio that we see here at the top, which is Jervis Tetch, the Mad Hatter, Jerome Valeska, the brother to the Joker, and the predecessor to the Joker, and Jonathan Crane, the Scarecrow, who uh, whose mask there is just a makeshift one when he's in Arkham, but that's not the Scarecrow costume for those looking at the visuals and aren't familiar. They did give him a legit Scarecrow costume uh, in it. That's just what he looks like in Arkham, and it's still better than the one in Titans. Um, <laughs> and, then we have, and then, of course, Jeremiah Valeska, the real Joker, and Sharon. Sharon was an inmate 
in Arkham. Sharon. Uh, Sharon, yes, the most, most dangerous, dangerous of them all. Yes. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, this is one of the few interpretations where we got to see an entire rogues gallery inside of Arkham Asylum, as opposed to just names on doors, as we saw in the Arrowverse. Um, among the staff featured were James Gordon himself, who at one point is demoted into becoming an Arkham guard, which I thought was kind of a cool idea. Mm -hmm. uh, medical practitioner Dr. Leslie Tompkins uh, is whom he meets here before she decides to transfer over to the GCPD. Uh, Dr. Jerry Lang, who's killed by the electrocutioner. Warden Quimby. Dr. Ethel Peabody. These are all original characters, but the most important member on staff is, of course, Hugo Strange, chief of psychiatry, <laughs> played by B.D. Wong, played perfectly by B.D. Wong, frankly. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Strange uses the underground lab underneath Arkham Asylum uh, that's called Indian Hill, in order to resurrect the dead and create more of Gotham's monsters on behalf of the Court of Owls. And these include Fish Mooney, who is Jake, Jada Pinkett Smith's character, Alice Tetch, Mad Hatter's sister, 514A, a clone of Bruce Wayne, Theo Gallivan, who became Azrael, Bridget Pike, Firefly, and Victor Freeze, who became Mr. Freeze, clearly. Ah. So... This is the Gotham version and way more fleshed out than a lot of the other versions because it had time to. It had five seasons or so. We got to meet the staff. We got to meet a lot of the inmates uh, in and out of Arkham uh, before they went into Arkham, during the time and after when they escaped. So this is one of the, this is the most fleshed out version uh, and one of the rare times where we're going to see so much of it or so much of the, um, you know, Doctor Strange in it or doing experiments that they probably wouldn't have time to do in a regular live action movie. So I rank this one pretty high. Uh, yeah. Honestly, it is uh, a nice mix of what you're looking for and things you'd expect to see in a mental hospital with the kind of haunted mansion imagery you associate with Arkham. Yeah. The black and white jumpsuit thing is pretty silly, but that's the only minus that I have against it. So to me, this gets a solid a Andrew. It's, it's interesting when we, when we were going into this episode, I thought it was just going to be on, the gates and the building, the architecture, <laughs> you know? So this is about the people that make up Arkham, such as... A little bit, yeah. You know, the patients and the doctors and shit. So uh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, that, that Hugo Strange is great. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I guess I guess probably an A. Yeah. I don't know. I guess so. Let's see. Let me see the gates one more time. I think the gates are, <laughs> gates are as important, the most important part. One of the most important parts. All right, I'm going to pull it up, uh, and as I do that, uh, let's go to Zach. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give it an E. I think it's one of my favorite versions Whoa, of Arkham. E is on the very e, bottom. E is low. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What is hey. the best? S. 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 Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to give it an S because I think it's oh. it's really cool. Like I think it's because we do get to see it so long. I like mm -hmm. the exterior and the interior. I don't mm -hmm. mind the black and white stripes because. One of my other favorite versions also has inmates with black and white striped, uh, you know, attires. So I don't think that that counts against that? it. Schumacher. Oh, I guess so. I just That's thought right. of a straight jacket. No. I, uh, I, I always picture the thing, but I forgot about uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Yeah, they do have the black and white stripes like a traditional mm -hmm. prison outfit. And I, I don't know. I just like that kind of visual uh Mm -hmm. motif anyways but yeah the interior i remember a lot of times like the windows would be like yellow it reminded oh, me of yeah. like batman the animated series like stained glass it would be like yellow and like the kind of uh kind of mesh wiring in front of it and uh yeah and the basically being able to introduce hugo strange into live action i think it's just really cool there's 
as bad as the series got or as disappointing as it got, mm-hmm. I think visually uh, Arkham is one of the highlights of the show. Yeah. And I do like seeing all the rogues gallery in there. I even like that they have makeshift versions of their costumes. Like Jervis Tetch has like a, a paper yeah. hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that reminds me of like the comics when he has like a paper hat because mm-hmm. he, you know, it's all he has. So I don't know. There's just a lot of really great callbacks to the comics in that show so as as fault as many faults as the show has i think that you know arkham is still really nice so i'm giving it an s nice wow nice great right. gates yep <laughs> <laughs> it's really Who's great gates? gates i like this crow that's up here uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's give He's the crow the a name dude <laughs> We've got the uh, the lanterns as well, and just yeah, I mean the building itself is kind of an interesting mix of the um, regular hospital building type exterior, but with some of the gothic look at the very top as well. And I, and I have a feeling some of this is just a mix of what the real building looks like plus mm-hmm. production design plus CG or something, because uh, I doubt that's what it really looks like in real life. But uh, yeah, that's Again, the gothic it, version. It definitely does not look like a place of healing, <laughs> which I think. <laughs> Add some points for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in general, you kind of need it to to have that gothic look, you know. Yeah, there's a juxtaposition. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So Gotham gets a high A. So Gotham right now is at the top. All right. So let's go back then to the next interpretation, the one before it, which was Nolan's version in Batman Begins. So this one is kind of surprising that it's only really in Batman Begins. You would think that it would have been in the other movies. But, I wish uh, it was. Yeah, I wish I wish so, and we could have seen the evolution of it. But we can only really judge it based off of the one that uh, I'm going to pull up here, which is, there we go. Uh, this is product from production designer Nathan Crowley, and the building itself is the National Institute for Medical Research in London. Now, one of our uh, commenters, Walter the Wobot, said, quote, back in 2004, my mother was staying in an old Victorian hospital in the UK that sat atop a steep hill. The rear of that building, from which I always approached, looked near identical to the building Nolan filmed at for the exteriors of Arkham Asylum and Batman Begins. It's since been converted into expensive apartments. Well, I believe, Walter, you might have been at the National Institute for Medical Research because Ooh. that's what the building is, and it has also been torn down. So unless there's another hospital that looks exactly like it that was also t- converted, um, I think it, you were at the actual place. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. This Arkham played a major role in Batman Begins, uh, located in the Narrows. This was the first time we actually got to see Batman inside Arkham in the big action sequence about two-thirds of the way through. Uh, on staff, of course, is Dr. Jonathan Crane from Killian Murphy, who becomes an inmate after being outed as the Scarecrow. Among his patients are Victor Zaz, pictured here, uh, Carmine Falcone, when he thinks that being in Arkham will help him avoid prison, but ends up <laughs> getting a taste of his own medicine, literally. <laughs> um, Thomas Schiff, who is the Joker uh, henchman, played by David Desmontion in The Dark Knight, who, you know, the one that Harvey basically interrogates and goes crazy on, mm-hmm. uh, is said to be an Arkham prisoner. And if you consider the animated movie Gotham Knight to be canon, Killer Croc was in here too. So that's true. That's uh, that's another possible inmate if you consider it to be canon. Killer Croc mm. might seem not to jive with the Nolan aesthetic, though. But uh, yeah. Uh, and as mentioned before, we have the red uniforms that uh, we would also end up seeing in the Arrowverse on here. So a slightly different take, a little bit more of a rundown. There was no Arkham sign at the front. I don't believe it's just basically this building. 
You have that image of Batman (laughs) running through Arkham Ben, where he's got like the doors on the sides of him. Uh, I I only asked Dan to give us just a general picture of the hallway, but I should pull that up in a bit. But yeah, uh, that that's one of my favorite parts, I think, in Batman Begins when that music's playing and he's like running through Arkham and escaping and stuff. Yeah, you don't see much of it, but I do remember that part. Yeah, yeah, I think that. That was a good point. I think a lot of people speculated about like, ooh, who are the people inside of the, yeah. the cells? Because you kind of see some of them. And they're just yeah, like, I love like, when they're like looking at him. <laughs> there was like a fat dude in there like, is that Penguin? Turns out it was. <laughs> He's fat. <laughs> he must be Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that is pretty much that version uh, of Arkham Asylum. And uh, let's get into the rankings. So, uh, for me, I'm like, all right, this is the only Arkham that I think I drastically like the inside a lot more than the outside. The outside just looks like any old building to me. Kind of boring. There's no Arkham sign. There's literally no Arkham anything. And it it evokes the original appearance of Arkham, but again, the lack of that sign, as we talked about, like it's really that sign of the gate that brings Arkham together. And if you don't have that, then it just doesn't feel that way. (laughs) You get some leeway, kind of like with Joker, where it's like not quite... reality. It's a little bit in reality, and this is when Batman is just starting out. So he hasn't put in the rest of the rogues gallery. There's a potential for it to grow into the uh, Arkham from the comic book. Um, But we obviously didn't end up seeing that in the movies because they shifted focus elsewhere. But it could have had some potential in that there's like that lobby where he swoops down with all the bats with a cape. And that kind of evokes a... uh, kind of the mansion-esque type stuff with the that big staircase mm-hmm. uh, but other than that eh, i do like the atmosphere inside i just wish we saw more of it in the rest of the trilogy and i wish the exterior looked a lot more interesting so to me it gets a c andrew what do you think what are they normally wearing in the comics as far as the color it's a white smock looking thing the patience i think it depends uh, it's, it depends okay, on the yeah. interpretation Okay. Yeah, up to different artistic interpretations, pretty much. Okay, so that's different almost every time. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, there are no gates, so um, <laughs> automatic. So, yeah. This is a, this is a lot of demerits going on there. Yeah. I don't know if I hate that exterior as much as you guys do, but I mean, it's it is drab. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess I see. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm I'm gonna give it a B. I was thinking really highly of it before we started talking about it, but I think it's it mainly did, like narrowed down to nostalgia because I just was so hyped to see Arkham in the movie, and it played such a a pivotal role, at least as far as a set piece. and And I love this scene when he's running through there, and yeah, you see all the like inmates peeking through the glass. Like to me, like. Mm-hmm. In my head, I was like, oh, man, he's, like, inspiring them to dress in, like, crazy costumes. <laughs> oh, and they're yeah. going to be villains. That was, like, all that was going through my head. I um, I also kind of like the fact that it's in the Narrows. Is, yeah, is that yeah. correct? Yeah, it's because mm-hmm. it's, in this, it's in this part of the city that is, like, dirty and forgotten and impoverished. So it kind of makes sense that it's, like, in this, like, dirty little area of Gotham that nobody wants to go to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do wish we saw more of the exterior because I hate that you never get like a good clear shot of the whole building. And yeah. part of me is like, well, I guess that kind of makes it feel claustrophobic. It does make me it, it's an unpleasant look to it because it's just there's no defined shape. 
Mm-hmm. I kind of like in um, Gotham Night where I think it's uh, Christmas Allen and yeah. somebody else who I, I don't know if it's Montoya, but he's he's, he's driving up there. Ramirez. Mm-hmm. So he's driving up there with her to Arkham and it is so much creepier in that movie. It reminds me of the first Halloween whenever they're going Ooh. up there and like all the inmates are just kind of wandering around like outside that. in the lawn. They look so creepy at the beginning of that first story. Their like eyes are just lit up when the headlights go by them. So mm-hmm. if I'm trying to combine them together, it is very unnerving and scary. So I, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a B. Like it, I really do enjoy Batman Begins, and I love that it plays a central role in the story. So mm-hmm. it does look nice and grimy on the inside. I'm going to have to give it the same kind of grace that I do Joker because Nolan yeah. is very interested in making it feel grounded in reality so it does seem i feel like more unpleasant than joker uh it it seems like less well run especially when you see like the basement and they're (laughs) pouring the the toxin or whatever in the water so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna give it a b all right so with a b and the two c's that puts it I'll give it, we'll put it a high C that's above yeah. Elseworlds and, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Arrowverse and the Zack right. Snyder version, but still below Suicide Squad, Joker, and Gotham. Sounds good. All right, we got two more to go on here with the Arkham Asylums. Uh, and the next one is a bit of an obscure one, which is the Birds of Prey 2002 to 2003 television sh- uh, series. Uh, this was very short lived. Uh, however, it did feature Arkham Asylum in a few episodes, uh, rather than just an Easter egg. And um, I'm going to pull up the visual here, but you might find that the Arkham here looks very familiar. Which is because they reused the footage of the exterior from the Schumacher movies, hey. I believe. Yeah, um, they did. Because it was very tied in to the 90s Batman stuff, they reused costumes of Batman and Catwoman from the previous movies. I believe the suit was the same one as the OnStar Batman, yeah. which was the same suit as the George Clooney one, pretty much. And then the Catwoman outfit was taken from Michelle Pfeiffer's. Uh, and then you also had Alfred looking very much... It wasn't Michael Goff, but he the actor looked a lot like him. With like yeah. the, the gray hair and the glasses. Uh, old you know, old dude look. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's very much rooted in that... <laughs> in that version so i feel like this is if it was just the exterior then we probably would just combine it with the schumacher one however we did have time inside the arkham asylum so this is the arkham that we ended up seeing with these sort of glass cells that are in the middle of the room kind of like Mm. the cell that they put hannibal lecter in uh two-thirds of the way into silence of the lambs uh, on it so the prisoners here uh are larry ketterly who's on the top left who is kind of their version of scarecrow he kind of does the whole like making you face your fears hmm. um dark strike slash the crawler who's like a vigilante who kind of became who has this alter ego of being a killer and then on the bottom right here is the first live action version of clayface <laughs> in birds of prey with his own little clay sculpture there uh and he is revealed to be the killer of catwoman in this version Hmm. Uh, the production designers here were James Hinkle and Michael Helmy on air, who presumably came up with this design of the interior. Uh, but the main villain who was associated with Arkham was, Harley of course, Quinn. Harley yeah. Quinn, the first live action Harley Quinzel, who is a lot less of a um, sidekick to the Joker and more of her own evil villain. 
type who is manipulating things behind the scenes and uh, working as the Huntress's therapist and also manipulating her and stuff like that. So the main thing here, I think, are the glass cells, which are okay. Uh, yeah. I do think it's cool we get to see Clayface here and Harleen Quinzel was in charge of Arkham is kind of cool and, and giving her in a, a very different role from the comics, but one that made sense. There's not really a lot of it. It's kind of a nice extension of what we got from Schumacher. Um, so I'll just give it a B. What do you guys think? Andrew? Uh, yeah, it's fine, I guess. It, so you saw all of this, right, Ben? Uh, this whole show? Back when it premiered, so I don't remember everything about it, but it was in like maybe like three or four episodes. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's tough because I've never really seen this show, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just give it, I'll give it a C. It okay. seems fine. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing really adequate for what it is. Use, yeah. Using the Schumacher's, the Schumacher's Arkham Asylum exterior or Burton's? Schumacher. Yeah. It was Schumacher's. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's fine. They just had no, almost no budget. It seems like to create something totally new. So mm-hmm. grading on a scale here. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to give it a D because that show was bad. And, <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> I find that a little bit lazy that it's just a color corrected, like image of Schumacher's Arkham. I don't know. Even the inside looks kind of like plain. I do. I, I will give it points that you do get to see a live action clay face. And that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have just called that guy, Jonathan Crane. I don't know. If there was some kind of embargo at the time on Probably, specific yeah. character names or anything, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm letting my memory of the show bring it down a little bit. So, <laughs> in context, yes, I think it's a, a D. I think we can agree it's no Gotham Arkham. No, in terms of TV versions, no. But it looks like it's still better than Titans. That's right. So, so <laughs> somehow still better than Titans. BC. Okay, so I gave it a B. Andrew gives it a C, and you give it a D. So that puts it in C territory. Uh, should we just put it below Zack Snyder's? I guess so. Yeah, because I think really it's still D's. somehow worse than Zack Snyder's brief <laughs> glimpse of Arkham. So yes, <laughs> I don't think we gave D's for that one. It was just kind of like, eh, it's a C on that one so right. all right this then brings us into the big finale the arkham asylum we've all been waiting for which yeah. is joel schumacher's arkham asylum probably there not what is. our audience was expecting <laughs> so this is production designed by barbara ling and schumacher is on record saying quote i always wanted to do a whole arkham movie he said oh, that wow. uh, to the Hollywood Ooh. Reporter, and he was the first to bring Arkham Asylum into live action. These are the shots that we got in Batman Forever with not just the sign Arkham Asylum, whoops, but the uh, the Arkham on the gate as well. And you got the swinging lantern mm-hmm. and the gargoyles at the top, all gothic and shit, and definitely looking like a place of healing, huh? So that's kind that's of what right. we got. Uh, <laughs> Always so. stormy there. Always. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's always terrible weather. Uh, So we also got some exterior shots. Uh, So we're going to talk about the one in Batman Forever and in Batman and Robin, but I thought I would pull this up. So the visuals that I'm pulling up here are exteriors of the building. Uh, The Batman and Robin one we see on the right, and many fan edits use this shot from Batman and Robin, which is a very long sort of take that goes even further and further close up to the building before what's, we cut to the inside what's the one on the left ben 
that's what I'm going to get into. Ooh. One on the left is a shot from a deleted scene of Batman Forever, an extremely rare shot of Arkham wow. Asylum, meant to be for the movie, likely in the Schumacher cut. It's not yeah. in the deleted scenes in the DVD. It is from the music video for YouTube's YouTube's Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, well, Kill Me. Oh, shit. Wow, really? <laughs> Big thanks to our research assistant, Dan, for getting as close yeah. to an HD shot as possible. He got this off the YouTube website. That's so you awesome. Can see this rare shot of what Arkham was originally meant to look like in Batman Forever, as you can notice, it's slightly different from the one in Batman and Robin, kind of an early prototype before mm-hmm. they just went even more gothic and crazy in the Batman and Robin version. Yeah. So uh, the interior corridor was seen with red lighting in this deleted opening of Batman Forever mm-hmm. with uh, Dr. Burton walking through the hall leading up to the escape of Two-Face. A much tamer looking of the hallway is seen towards the end. Um, well, actually, this is still from the deleted scene. Uh, but uh, towards the end here with uh, Dr. Chase Meridian, mm-hmm. uh, as mentioned, the main staff member we met was Dr. Burton, played by the late Rene Aborjournois, um, a version of Jeremiah Arkham, kind of, whom uh, Zach talked about last time. But mm-hmm. his name and appearance are drawn from Tim Burton. He's got the crazy black hair uh, that Tim Burton's known Kind of like a little bit of Penguin, too, with that bow tie and like the glasses. It's got a little spring on him. It does look like the Tim Burton aesthetic has transferred over into the Arkham into the uh, Arkham yeah. Asylum of the Schumacherverse. Uh, and then, yeah, the novelization of Batman Forever does have a guard named Tully who assists Two Face in escaping, so that he can kick off the rest of the movie. But Two Face kills him, so that's featured there. And in the unmade Batman Dark Knight script that we covered, Jonathan Crane was a staff member working for Dr. Burton and ends up killing Dr. Burton and harming a doctor named Harleen Quinzel, who would become Mm. Harley Quinn in a later movie. But they never ended up making that one. Uh, We got even more screen time in Arkham in Batman and Robin, when Mr. Freeze was sent there and Poison Ivy and Bane break him out. Uh, And as noted before, uh, we do get to see the costumes of Riddler and Two-Face in the storage area, leading some to wonder... If we see the Two Face's costume in Batman and Robin, does that mean that Two Face is actually still alive, or is that just the costume he left behind when he escaped? He survived. Probably. <laughs> uh, so Two Face, Riddler, Poison Ivy, <laughs> Mister Freeze are the patients. However, there are other sources that say that there were other inmates. So Zach, I'll let you talk about this. There are other inmates in the novelization. For Batman yep. and Robin, which I regrettably donated to the library when I grew up, so I can't consult it. But Zach <laughs> yeah. still has his copy. When you, when you grew up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got the novelization for both Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. I remember specifically mm-hmm. that Batman and Robin uh, stated that uh, what was it, Maxi Zeus, Mad Hatter, and who was the other one band that we talked I about? Believe. Scarecrow mm-hmm. are said to be uh, patients already at Arkham Asylum, so they exist. And mm-hmm. I remember in the novelization for Batman Forever that Poison Ivy is said to already be a patient at Arkham mm-hmm. Asylum. So obviously that was before they even came up with the story for Batman and Robin, and I'm sure that was just a, a liberty that was taken by the writer of the novelization, but it did say, like, yeah, Pamela Isley. I don't even know if it named her named her that. I think it just said Poison Ivy was an was inmate Ivy. Yeah. in Arkham. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of cool that they already named these patients i think maybe they might have even named the ventriloquist in the novelization for uh, batman forever as being a patient already so it was kind of these lower rung villains mm-hmm. especially like mad hatter and maxi zeus so they're probably like 
we're never going to like do anything with these guys. But it is funny to think that Mad Hatter existed after Edward Nigma, And he's like, hey, you stole my shtick with like <laughs> reading people's <laughs> minds control. and controlling them. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. in, the no- in the novelization, it is cool that it goes further into Arkham and its existing inmates that, uh, that mm-hmm. Batman has already captured. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's it's the authors who are having fun there because it's not in the yeah. scripts from what I found. Uh, the script for Batman and Robin does talk about this prop this criminal property locker that we have pulled up. It does mention Riddler's costume being there. It mentions Two Face's costume being there. But there's an intriguing thing that screenwriter Intri- Akiva Goldsman mentions. He mentions Joker's costume being there. Mm. Now that's interesting. Because if this yeah. is the same continuity, which is was supposed to be at the time as the Burton movies, Joker never ended up in Arkham. He just became Street Pizza at the end of that's uh, right. The movie. <laughs> so, unless he's in a long recovery process in Arkham Asylum afterwards. Ow! <laughs> that's like what he says when he lands. <laughs> Batman's like didn't kill him. Damn. So. It could be that Joker survived and went to Arkham, or what it looks like now, the Schumacher verse is just now in a different continuity. Different than, continuity, than the yeah. Ones. Yeah. So hmm. uh, that is the Joel Schumacher version of Arkham Asylum. And uh, I think we already know where we're going to put this. To me, this is S tier. This is the quintessential Arkham on film. Come on. We've got the Gothic mansion imagery, we got the comic book feel to it. It's the original, it's still the best. This Arkham Asylum gets an S. Yeah. yeah, I'd say S too. It, yeah, if Burton were to ever make one, also it'd probably be an S as well, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just ex- the exact kind of thing he's so good at. Yeah, uh, making um, what you call it, you know, that kind of atmosphere with that kind of architecture, that kind of lighting. But anyway, it's not about Burton; it's about Schumacher's. And uh, yeah, I mean, what can you say? I guess it's I guess it's the best one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How can you get better it's than metal. that? It's metal. <laughs> the most metal one is the thumbnail. That's oh, that's yeah, the yeah. concept art for this Arkham. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which I think there... Ben, was there an exterior shot for the deleted, like, Two-Face opening? Or was it just the... I think the, the plaque same. that said Arkham Asylum. I think it's the same shots of the plaque and the gate with the hanging lantern. Because it was it red lighting scene. then, yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I said I, I gotta give it an S. It is uh, it looks so cool and to me like if Burton had done Arkham, I feel like it would have looked pretty similar to this. It's so yeah, gothic so architecture mm-hmm. already. I remember as a kid just being so excited that Arkham was like at the end of Batman Forever, and then such a big part of Batman and Robin. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. it just looks so cool, and it was already such a big part of the uh, the animated series. It's like it it was just such a such a like staple of Batman lore and something I was so familiar with. And it just looks really cool. It just, uh, like I said, this is supposed to be a place of healing, but it's just, this is like the top tier, like comic book accurate Arkham Mm. of our imagination. Like, I guess like after it moved to mercy mansion and everything, it just like, this is what you imagine. Like Batman's villains. (laughs) This is where they're locked up at in Arkham mm-hmm. and I, I like the like black and white striped outfits and uh it definitely had like a slightly tamer interior in Batman Forever. I don't know what's going on. It just looks like glass walls or something like that. Yeah like and frosted then suddenly glass. It's, just all... it's like <laughs> it's bricks all with like really the doors. Gothic in the next one, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I like Mr. Freeze's 
sell. It's interesting that they all were already were like thinking, all right, how are we going to lock this jackass up in here? He's got like special freeze, you know, mm-hmm. not even like powers, but he has a, he has to have a special cell to keep him alive if they're right. going to lock him up, which I think, I think they just reuse that cell at the end whenever Poison Ivy's locked up. It seems like the same mm-hmm. kind of round top and stuff. I feel like it's that special one that's like off uh, at the end of that like long walkway in the tower. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just looks really cool. It's, it definitely fits like, you know, Schumacher's universe is a, uh, it's very comic booky, but it's uh, colorful and dark and crazy looking. I love it. Yeah. Well, there we have it. Joel Schumacher's is S tier for Arkham Asylum. We could have had a whole movie of Batman stuck in there if they had made Batman Unchained, where Scarecrow locks up George Clooney's Batman inside of Arkham. Uh, that was going to be the idea as we went over the Batman 5 stuff. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. But imagining just a whole movie in that version of Arkham yeah. Asylum would have been top tier Arkham. So bad a review. Wasn't that uh, that was Ben Affleck's idea? Supposed supposed rumored idea was he's locked up in Arkham or some shit, right? Yes. Well, I mean, we had that Richard Richardson, um, or Robert Richardson. I forgot the guy's name. Uh, the cinematographer dude who was just like, yeah. it's all good. It's about the Arkham. And then it turned out to not really, he didn't really yeah. say anything other than <laughs> saying Arkham's in the movie. He said it's about the Arkham. <laughs> The Arkham. <laughs> he, said, he said the Arkham. <laughs> they were going to dive deeper into the Arkham. I think is what he said. And the we're Arkham like, of it all. It really doesn't say anything. <laughs> Arkham. The Batman in the, the Arkham. Batman. So let's review the ranking. The final rankings for the top Arkham Asylums. Uh, at the very bottom where it belongs is Titans at F. <laughs> then at C, we got uh, Batman Begins, the Arrowverse version, the Snyderverse version, and Birds of Prey. The 2002 show, not the Birds of Prey Harley Quinn movie, which didn't have Arkham, mm. uh, at least not in live action form. And then at B is Joker and Suicide Squad. At A is the Gotham TV show. And at S, at the very top, is Joel Schumacher's Arkham Asylum from Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. This is and the only time I feel like that Suicide Squad is ranked above Batman Begins. <laughs> For any category, so this is this is history being made. Yeah, if anyone were to look at this visual, you'd have to explain to them yeah. what is being, what is going yeah. on here. <laughs> Definitely needs context this episode. Yeah, I originally was going to put the actual Arkham's in the tiers for those those who are looking at the visuals, but when I put it together, you couldn't see shit. You could like nah, everything yeah. is like most of them are like night, so you wouldn't be able to see anything. Dark. So this was a better representation of uh, right, where right, the rankings right. were for you guys watching on YouTube. And that is superhero stuff you should know. Alright, we have a few fan comments and uh, I will have our doddering dear old uncle joker talk but oh beforehand uh of course big thanks to our research assistant assistant dan for gathering the visuals on this for a lot of the arkham especially that uh, rare shot of arkham asylum from the deleted scene of batman forever that is extremely rare so you batman forever fans and release the schumacher cut fans are uh had a nice treat there for that that's right uh, but let's go then into the comments <clears throat> starting with jose so uncle joker take it away <laughs> Jose Arocha, age 11, writing from <laughs> Arkham State. Andrew should still read The Man Who Laughs. It might not be groundbreaking, 
but it's still a solidly written story. It's definitely worth it as an event following Batman Year One. And 45 years old, I'm not Chris O'Donnell, LOL. <laughs> I was a senior in high school when The Man Who Laughs and Batman Begins came out. Feels like yesterday. <laughs> Time flies. Anyway, another great segment. Now I'm going to go read Legends of the Dark Knight number 50. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was in high school when Batman Begins came out too, so we must be around the same age, Jose. You're both 45 years old. That's yeah. right. Look at that. Well, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I'll so read it eventually, by the way. Sorry, I haven't gotten around to it. I forgot we talked about that. It was mainly included to uh, have Jose's reaction to <laughs> Zach yeah. of that age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jose, let us know what you think of Legends of the Dark Knight number 50 as well. Yeah. Uh, which is the previous version of Batman meeting Joker for the first time. I was right. a junior in college in 2005. <laughs> so you're 55 year old. 55 <laughs> years old over here. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go <clears throat> into uh, Walter the Wobot had an interesting comment that uh, I thought we would include. You ready? Yes. <clears throat> Dear tottering old Uncle Joker, Walter the Wobot <laughs> Age seven. Four <laughs> days ago, I'm not sure. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm reading it, it was exactly. Posted four days ago from this recording. Sorry. sorry. I'm not old. sure. I yeah, I'm not sure England can be called an island since it is bordered by Wales on the west side and Scotland to the north. The UK is most assuredly an island, though. Okay. And of course, this is exactly correct. And if you're obviously if you're from the UK, this is super, super obvious, right? But I guess I don't know what I said in that episode. I haven't gone back and listened to it. I don't remember verbatim what everything of what I say. But I think basically I meant UK. And also I was referring to a time when I was a kid, like seven or eight, nine, maybe. I don't know. Watching Mrs. Doubtfire. And I watched it a million times at the end of that movie. Mrs. Doubtfire says England is an island whenever she gets her TV show or something because mm -hmm. she's explaining where she's from. So me as a kid, I was like, wow, England. Well, I guess I did. Maybe I did say England, but I meant the UK. UK is an island because as a kid, the idea of an island, at least in America, for a lot of people, I think anyway, is tropical yeah. shit. It's, you know, the Caribbean, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I was a kid, I was like... Islands that are not tropical, and the UK is one of them. Like, it was just kind of mind-blowing to me mm -hmm. uh, at that age. But, yeah. Uh, also, America needs to get better at geography. But, <laughs> yes, I think possibly, Walter, you're in the UK, and you're probably better than, than we are. I'd like, I'm, I'm interested in geography, I'm interested in travel, and all kinds of shit like that. So, I like to think I'm not the normal... Or whatever. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm into geography, and I wish a, the average American was a little bit better. But that's a side tangent, isn't it? All right, next Speak, one. Speaking as a high school teacher and as an American, yeah. Americans don't know their own geography. They don't yeah, know yeah. The, all, all the states mm -hmm. of America. So, you know, mm -hmm. don't feel too bad, Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> if you, I mean, you can get some of it wrong a little bit, with the, even with the American states, but at least know the big ones, like the 
California, New hmm. York, West Coast, Florida, yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. If you if you lose, <laughs> if, yeah, if you lose where like, sorry, no offense, but if you if you aren't from those states and you don't know where Iowa and, and Utah are, at least personally, I can forgive it a little bit. But like the big, like my brother didn't know the, and he's only two years younger than me. He didn't know the difference between Washington D.C. and Washington State. Oh my God! It drives me crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I mean, in in Andrew's defense as well, I kind of just interpreted well, England is part of the UK, and so I just, you know, just thought, yeah, it's part of it. It's still an island because it's part of that island. Yeah. But, yeah. It's all I about semantics. Lo- I mean, <laughs> that's what it seems to be to me. <laughs> pretty much. I meant the UK. Yes, England yeah. is just one part of the UK. I get it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, thank you for your comment. He meant Walter. UK, everybody. I meant I meant the UK. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, and then last comment is from Nathan Wade. I know that we laughed last time about William Dafoe, but uh, I wanted to include a real, <laughs> a more serious. Um, comment on your comment this time <clears throat> dear uncle joker you're <laughs> my favorite nathan wade <laughs> age <says> nine <laughs> a thought occurs with so many instances of bruce gravitating towards bats or spiritual people attributing bats to him that really makes the lead up to barbados make more sense it's comics and a plot device And all these stories don't happen at once. But this, I'm going to shave everything into one canon approach. Oh, put on my glasses. Shave everything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to shove everything into one canon approach is a universe that clearly will have Barbados. All right, so he's not talking about Barbados, (laughs) the location. He's talking talking about about the um, god. There's a sort of god demon type thing yeah. called Barbatos that is tied into a lot of the Batman stories, thanks to Grant Morrison. Uh, that was sort of presumes that it's kind it's of like metal, death metal yeah, and stuff too, and a little bit beforehand in Batman R.I.P. But essentially, mm-hmm. the idea that maybe uh, Barbatos or Barbatos influenced Bruce, that maybe he was the one who sent the bat through the window and that type of thing. So um, this does create an interesting idea of how much of Batman is actually Bruce Wayne's idea and how much of it is due to this demon influence, which I feel two ways about because it's kind of like I do prefer it being Bruce's idea. However, it does make sense the way that Nathan's saying here where it could be the influence of something else explaining why he encounters all this like bat-related stuff throughout all of his life before he even dons the cowl. So I could take Hmm. it either way, but I think this uh, this is an interesting idea that ties into our episode on Batman's training and the full timeline of that. So Mm. thank you, Nathan, for that. Yes. Thank you. And uh, with that, on to the comments. I mean, the, uh, not the comments. (laughs) We've had enough comments, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's talk about geography a little more. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Barbados is located. (laughs) Yeah, Barbados. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I do. I do actually it's your like fault, geography. The robot. <laughs> I do actually like geography. Whenever fucking Jimmy Kimmel, the fu- if you if you're from the UK and don't know this show or any of those night, late night shows, and they interview Amer- man on the street segments and they 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 test people's geography knowledge, I know they're picking the worst ones, but damn, it is terrible. 
They're, they're so bad. They don't know where fucking anything is. Whole continents and shit. Yeah. Uh, it drives me fucking nuts. Anyway, thank you for those comments, everybody. And thank you to our Patreon supporters. That include Shasta Leom O, Leom o Super Inframan, Douglas P, Dan D, Aaron Willett, Nick Noach. Jesse E, Jeffrey R, Scott V, Asgers Webb, Jeremy H, Alex of the What Main Podcast, <laughs> Ian Justice, Jared P, Paul C, Jamie H, Rochelle L, and Tara, or Tara M, and our other supporters, Spark Again, SECT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kukin Nons, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Ian H, Walter the Wobot, John Wells, Rye Guy, Jackson Putnam, and Tway N. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We got some Billy Bob going on here. That's what All I was right. thinking. <laughs> so, Billy Bob knows more geography than most people. Uh, That's so, right. uh, <laughs> so uh, in Sling Blade. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, Shasta Army, everybody. I already did that shit. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. Patreon.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. $1 tier. That gets you the shout out. $5 tier gets you a whole other show every Friday. Um, usually an hour long or more. It's just like this, but $5 more. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check it out. $10 tier. It's a monthly live show. It's the monthly meetup. We got one coming up, don't we, everybody? Or is it already out by the time we fucking release this one? By the time we release this one, oh, yeah. it would have been done. But it's already you guys out. can still check it out in terms of the recording of it, but we are going over the funniest Batman Halloween costume fails. Yes. yes. That uh, Zach is going to guide us through. Yes, Zach will lead us on a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Journey of fails. Journey of fails. So, uh, Superhouse, uh, Superhero Stuff You Should Know merch. That's uh, go to the Redbubble store at superhousepod.redbubble.com. Superherostuffpod.threadless.com. Still don't have Zach's on there on one of them. Redbubble's got it, though, don't they? I think so. One of them has it. Man, Zach, All of our writers are going to be disappointed that their Uncle Joker is not part of the merchandise. <laughs> they want us to change your fucking hair color or something. Like, I submitted it, and it's like, it's too close. I was like, oh, God, are you fucking kidding me over here? Anyway, artwork by Wolfie Cruz on those. Um, but, yeah, your merch is there. Uh, the merch is there. And then um, shame to all of our listeners that have not sent in some audio Send in, hey, how about this? Send in a bold statement like, hey, I hate the Beatles. Or, you know, some shit like that. Or it could be positive. <laughs> Just some fucking wild shit. Or like... A hot take. Uh, hot take. Send us a hot take, please. That would be funny. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. An audio of that audio clip. Send that to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. You will be on the show in that way. Uh, and... Uh, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, go to uh, my YouTube. It's Thunderwolf Lives, and ThunderwolfDrew.com is my website. Amano Recon, A M A N O R E C O N.com. This is a short film I'm working on. Uh, we're gonna. It's going to be an Indiegogo project. Indiegogo is like Kickstarter, but a little more geared towards indie film. And this is an R-rated sci-fi horror comedy. With a Power Rangers influence, but it's not a Power Rangers fan film. It's got an X-Files influence, but it's not an X-Files fan film. It's an original idea. There's aliens in it. And I think the tone is somewhere like Stranger Things, but possibly the characters are a little bit older. Maybe Stranger Things now, the newest season that's going to come out. I don't know. We haven't seen that yet. True. 
45 year old 11 yeah so uh kind of like that um if you can imagine it it's coming just still working on it ben shout out to comic capital on instagram as well as the everything entertainment club on clubhouse you can follow us on social media on twitter at superhouse pod instagram at superhero stuff pod vero at superhero stuff pod if you want to yell at us for putting Zack snyder's justice league arkham asylum at sea uh the website is at ben my website is at benwanwriter.com uh and my channel for youtube is on somewhere in the description below uh, my personal Instagram is Ben Juan Ryder. My son's Instagram, my cat, Alfie, Alfie Pennyworth Cat, uh, is the Instagram handle for him where you can check him out where he's got bat wings on for Halloween because he's bat cat now. <laughs> and uh, if you also have a bat cat or an Alfie or some sort of cat like the co-hosts of this podcast, then you can get Whiskerbox. Uh, and if you don't have a cat but you have a dog, you can get BarkBox. Why do I advertise these? Because they're affiliates of ours, and if you sign up with them through our special links, then uh, you can not only get some special boxes for your cat or dog, but you can also help us out. The BarkBox one specifically is going to give you the first month off free, valued at $35. So please use the link that you can find over at our own link, superherostuffpod.com slash shop, Ooh. which has all sorts of other goodies for you whether it's the link to BarkBox or uh, Amazon products that we have affiliated with us or eBay stuff with Batman memorabilia shit all of that is there <laughs> at superherostuffpod.com slash shop over to Zach well if you'd like to see more of me but not really me but the things that I make you can go to ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com you can uh, buy t-shirts or prints like some of our listeners have I found out so that's pretty cool and you can also follow me uh, on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. It's the same name, just Zachary Jackson Brown Art. Right now, I've stepped back from doing Batman for the month of October, and I've just been doing mainly uh, horror movie icons and t-shirt designs for companies like Fright Rags. So if you're into horror and you're into comic books, you can check me out. Sweet, bro. Mm-hmm. And that'll do it. So thank you for joining us on this special Halloween episode into the live-action Arkham Asylums. A lot more Arkham Asylums than we thought going in. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad we did this. And I want you to do us a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about us. Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network.